Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blindly passion, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his fire. for all the fiery trials that are to try us. And I'm not thinking of them as, as some strange thing that's happening to us because your scripture tells us not to. I praise you, Father, for the good and the bad as exactly as the Holy Bible tells us. And I thank you, Father God, for every opportunity to, to just be beaten down, to be taken down to a lower level, to be kind of like Paul, you know, uh, as he uh, spoke of... Um, you know, during his whole um, thorn in the flesh um, commentary, and we just praise you for that word because it gives us a lot of encouragement to understand that the things that we're going through, uh, at least at least a, a pretty good number of us anyways, um, are, are things that we need to learn how to rejoice in, things that we need to just turn over to you and, and understand that these this is part of our training, I guess. I don't know how, you know, the fiery fires that are, are to try, try, try you and that these these are, you know, we, we need to learn to be like Paul and to take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, we are strong. And we just, you know, it's hard for a lot of us to digest it because it's intermingled, Father God, with so many you know, earthly dynamics like survival, keeping a roof over our heads, um, all that kind of stuff. But, Father, we're just going to lay our trust in you. I know you're bringing us to a place, and it's intentional. I'm excited about it in the sense that it, it's a place that I believe that you need to bring us to in order for us to probably be ready. Uh, you know, that's my best estimation uh, is that, that this is all part of the walk. This is part of the sanctification process. This the, the fire. Everyone I know is going through fiery trials in, in, in one way or another, in one way or another, without sitting here and itemizing all of the folks that I'm getting communications with, it seems like it's everywhere. And Father, um, and it's intense for a lot of us. It's real, real intense. And, um, 
It's very, 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 very difficult to deal with. But, Father, by your grace, we are going to get through these things. We shall persevere. We are going to be at the ready to, be, to serve you in whatever capacity that you need us to. And we know, we know that through your testimonies, many of which I shared live, you know, well, at the time live on the prayer vigil, um, those it's amazing, but those testimonies speak so vividly about the um, importance of prayer to you, Father. And I've always just known it in my heart. I've known that our prayers, it's just so reflective of the Scripture, that our prayers are one of the most treasured things that the kingdom of that the entire kingdom covets, really, in a sense, in a holy in a holy way, of course. And um, to come to that realization, I think, is one of the, the most anointed blessings that, um, you know, your servants such as us would discover in our journey because it's oftentimes, as as we have learned through our own pasts, um, something that has been considered to be kind of like, you know, take almost like taken for granted a little bit. I won't go into anything, Father. You know what I've heard. You know the words that have been spoken into my ears. And um and I, I you know, you know, Father God also that I knew that they weren't Right, righteous words, um, but but they're just you know per- perception issues that have you know come into people's hearts over so many years of time, and it's so unfortunate. And I can only imagine that a lot of it probably came from maybe people who consider themselves to be teachers and preachers and such like that. I don't know. But, Father God, it's not for me to judge. It's for you to take care of. And we pray, Father, that you will please forgive all of our fellow brothers and sisters across this world, Father, not in whatever capacity that they're in, whether they have been, uh, you know, kind of um, coddled in by and I don't want to say, I don't, you know, I just I don't let's say lured in uh, by the pillow prophets, um, leaning more upon what the pillow prophets are talking about as opposed to um you know, probably very confused about what the pillar prophets have been saying. I would think I would think they would be. I don't understand how they couldn't be, Father. Um, but I just pray in Jesus' name, please have. I pray for your mercy upon all of us because none of us are worthy. And so the confusion, the chaos, the things that are going on, the homosexuality in the church, uh, the just awful, awful things that are happening all over the world. Um, the, you know, Seven Mountains Mandate folks and how they're still hanging on to that grave misunderstanding that somehow the Olivet Discourse isn't going to happen, somehow Revelation isn't going to unfold like it says it is. And they uh, they don't take the Bible literally, Father. Um, they, they they think things that, are, that we all know in our hearts and is so very clearly revealed in your scripture are not true. But yet so many people are so afraid in the flesh of what's coming, and they're being told by these people who claim an anointing um, that uh, that uh, things are going to change suddenly. And um, a lot of people are buying off on it. A lot of people I see out there are um, embracing this notion that, you know, people are so quick. They they want to hear good news. They see the evil rising up around them. And instead of coming to you in prayers, instead of picking up your Bible and opening it up, instead of accepting what your scripture says, they, they'll do anything to believe otherwise. They, they I see it all around me. It's 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 astonishing and very hard to to grasp. And I and I don't understand that way of thinking anymore. I never did, or else I wouldn't have called this 
2009, I wouldn't have called this tribulation now. What I have, Father, what I have. Father, we just praise you and we thank you for keeping us on the 1,000 milligram red pill. We want to stay on that red pill. We don't necessarily want to be exposed to all of it, but we definitely want to be on the front edge of understanding. We want to be able to see, as we've been commanded, to be to watch ye therefore, to watch ye therefore, as is said all over the Bible, you know, all of the New Testament in particular, for the days that we're in right now. We thank you for the prophecies that have that I've been able to share as of late, um, many of which were given years ago, uh, but are uh, being made manifest before us even now. Um, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will forgive any of the prophets that have, um, you know, done stuff that maybe they shouldn't have had to do, you know, shouldn't have done. Um, and it's okay, Father, because we all make mistakes and we're just praying for your merciful forgiveness. We're praying, Father God, that you will please place courage on the on the hearts of those who they, they just can't even handle the idea of having to go through any bad times. And, um, and I kind of understand it. I, the older I get and the more... Um, physical problems that I am dealing with and work-related issues and everything else, I, quite frankly, Father God, without just throwing everything at you, I don't see how I can get through it either. And I thank you for the times that I know for sure it was you, that you have prevailed in my spirit and come through and helped me to realize that what seemed to be absolutely impossible to do might actually be feasible. And um, and I thank you, Father God, for the blessings that you've given. It hasn't lightened my workload at all, but it certainly has presented for me. You know, I don't I don't even know how to say it, but I just want to praise you for. Um, I, I would rather the the workload be uh, lifted up, but then on the other hand, there are good problems and bad problems. And having too much work is nowadays, while people are getting laid off and finding themselves. Living out of their cars it is not a bad problem. It's a good problem. And I just praise you for helping me to get through that. And I thank you for the prayers of the saints. I thank you for the prayers of the people on this radio show. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, please, a tenfold blessing of prosperity. Now, when I say prosperity, I mean godly prosperity. I mean divine protection of angels, divine protection around people's uh, um, ability to be able to provide for their families and continue to work, Father God, in extremely dark times. We are believing with all of our heart that um, the words that are that we have in front of us in the, in your holy Bible Father God those words of Jesus that word that 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 word that is Jesus John uh, Gospel of John uh, you know chapter one one two three four and five really it, it pretty much spells it all out and we we hold and revere those words in literal understandings. We believe them from the very bottom of our heart. We stand upon those promises. We know that you are not a man that you would lie. We understand what your scripture says. We know that you want to bring us to an expected end. We embrace the idea, Father God, that uh that two or three or two or more are gathered together that you know that you will hear and, and indeed as it says in Mark it you know that you will act upon those prayers. Um I have that as a card that I carry with me, Father. I know that you know that. But um I believe it's um yeah well Mark 11:23 is one um and there's so many others I just praise you for him father I thank you for all of them that's why I write them on these cards you know that again I say to you if two or uh two of you agree on earth it's interesting that it says on earth if two, it, it's almost like father I get the impression sometimes that because we are on earth especially during these days that 
Now you really, really, things are different, especially because we're in that that uh, fig tree generation season. The Luke twenty one thirty six pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that the prayers that we had together on the prayer vigil for anybody who joined or anybody who listened even afterwards will be seen as prayers in harmony and unity before your throne room where two or more, indeed many more, are gathered together. We would like to be in each other's presence, but you have us spread out all over the place. And it is a lonely walk, but it's okay, Father. We would rather be in a lonely walk, you know, talking to each other electronically and being very, very awake uh, to the things that are coming, watching for that thief in the night, knowing that you're coming, knowing that you're coming anytime. We'd rather be in that place than in a place of, uh, well, willful, kind of slightly willful ignorance in some cases and be otherwise deceived by the pillow prophecies and the things that are outside of the timeline, or not the timeline, but the series of events that were shared with us by Jesus, helping us to understand. And we praise you for the Father, we pray, please forgive any of the sins of the prophets. They, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They, real, they don't. And help us to be able to rapidly discern, you know, understand that if they're talking like, you know, everything's going to be just fine and we're a bunch of doom and gloomers, that they're not speaking in in alignment with your word at all. And Father, we just praise you for these understandings, this anointing to understand such things and to give us the courage of, of Joshua to be strong and of good courage to be not afraid, nor thou be dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. I am unaware, Father, and I know that you and Jesus are one, John 10.30, and I've even heard testimony from people who were in heaven that where Jesus had walked literally inside of you and you became one, which is amazing. And how few understand such a, such incredible concepts. And we hunger and thirst, Father. We hunger and thirst. We pant like the deer to be in your presence. We want to ascend that holy hill so much. And we know we're not worthy. But we believe with all of our heart that with your help, and through our prayer, and through our dedication to you, through our perseverance through the fiery trials, that you, Father, will answer our prayers, that you will find us worthy, or as it says, accounted worthy. We want to escape all these things, but we don't want to leave not even a nanosecond before our prayer time on this earth has borne much fruit. It's not about megaphones. It's way more about prayer. Thank you for revealing that to the hearts of babes. Because, Father, that's about all we have left right now. And it's a blessing. It's an amazing blessing to come to a place where what's left on our plate is the most powerful anointing, the most powerful work that we can do on behalf of the kingdom and so few understand it. Thank you, Father. We praise your holy name. We thank you, Father. And Father, I pray for every single one out there, anyone who lifts me up, Father, by prayer, even by name, even a little bit, because it's all that sustains me sometimes. 
Let them know in their heart and be impressed upon their heart that I pray for them as well. And Father, let us all pray for one another, understanding that the day grows short, very short, very short, and encourage one another. Thank you for the electronic communications, the emails that we can have, for the chat room that, uh, you know, while it's nowhere near as used uh, as it used to be in the days when we were more ignorant or un- without understanding, which is what the word ignorant actually means. Father, we just praise you and we thank you. We give you all the glory. And Jesus, to you, who can keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday, someday, keep us faultless someday before, with exceeding joy before our Father. We pray so much, Lord, that as unworthy as we are, that that day may come very soon. We want to go to the wedding supper. We want to marry you. We want to get off this place. But at the same time, if you need us here to pray, we're here for you. Let us never, ever stop fervently praying. And we thank you. And to you, Father God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm looking at the time, and I guess my prayer drug on a little longer than I anticipated. Oh, it's such a day. It's, it, these are the days, right? Amen? 
They really are. I feel sad for those who don't see it. It's a lot of people. But I praise God. Yes, 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 amen. I praise God. I really do. Um, And you know what? He's going to bring us through it. I'm not going to sit here and itemize one by one all of the people that have communicated with me about the things that they're going through. But um, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a whole lot. And God will separate the sheep from the sheep, Ezekiel 34, verse 17. That's in the New King James. The the Amplified covers it that way as well. The only one that kind of boggles it is the King James, which blows me away. Uh, But, you know, these are only things that you learn through breaking away from those who are biased uh, and, um, and seeking the Lord on your own. He'll show you. But anyway, um, but yeah, you got to put an effort forth. You got to put a real heavy duty effort forth and you got to identify things that are in your life that don't belong there. And then you got to really put some effort forth there. And it isn't easy. It isn't easy. Anyway, (laughs) so I'm going to spare you all the stuff that I'm going through because the list is pretty big and it's not about that. Praise God. All right. So anyway, thank you, Jesus, for all of our fiery trials and try, uh, that are to try us. Uh, and we won't think it's something strange has happened to us and we will give you praise. Hallelujah. It's part of persevering and overcoming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, kids, you ready? All right. All right. We want to get Terry Hill on here, so I don't know how much I'm going to have to skip in order to do that, but I want to get her on as uh, ASAP as possible because, um, uh, you know, her, her teachings are fabulous, and I, I don't like, you know, taking away time. All right, so we, we might have to move like like light speed, faster than light speed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Kids, are you ready? How does a pilot take his hamburger? Plane. <laughs> pilot takes his hamburger. Plane. Okay. All right. That works for me, too. I can work with that. Praise God. Kids, what do mermaids wash their fins with? Tide. Get it? (laughs) Tide. What do you think, kids? Uh, uh, Yep. Kids, what do you call a lazy doctor? (laughs) This is pretty funny. Kids, what do you call a lazy doctor? Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> Kids, come on. You can work with me here. Come on. What? Hey, hey. Spanky. Spanky. Show me what's on the sign. Oh. Well, thanks a lot, Brother Spanky. That was very kind. He's uh, doing a little bit of positive coaching action there, maybe. Uh, So anyway, thank you very much for that. I appreciate that there, little brother of Jesus. All right. In Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. All right. So um, let me see here. So I already covered these verses, so I'm not going to go there. I have to, like I said, I got to keep things kind of lean and mean tonight, or lean lean and loving. <laughs> um, praise God. But I do want to share this to you. I think this is wonderful. Um, you know, we're, we're always in so quick to grab a hold of the Simpsons prophecies, they call them, uh, for pretty much everything. 9-11, you name it. Just about. It's, it's like astonishing, you know, directed energy weapons, you know. Uh, oh, wow. It's just, it's like, are you kidding me? And then, you know, there's some folks that and I'm not going to get into all the background on the Simpsons and Matt Groening and his supposed connections to the Masonic Lodge, which pretty mean, much might mean he's a reptilian, but that's a whole other story depending on many, many variables. But anyway, this is interesting. 
Um, I'm going to play this. This is a Simpsons prediction, and it's right up our alley. Hallelujah. So let's listen to this word. You know, something up our alley. Nobody is talking about the conditions in the prison. I wonder why. All right, praise God. All right, let me go ahead and stop that because it'll keep cycling around. It's uh, one of those repetitive ones. All right, but anyway, I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. What do you think, kids? Come on. Yeah, I, I knew you guys would like that one, too. All right, now. Regarding the testimony of the men in black guy, uh, supposedly the Joseph Spencer testimony, deathbed confession, whatever, um, just as long as you understand, well, I put a little blurb on on the website. So if you go to tribulation-now.org, tribulation-now.org, okay, it's the very top left-hand corner of the page that you fly, you know, that you'll land on. It says, Men in Black Testimony from Joseph Spencer. It's too long. We have too much going on. <laughs> I just can't play a 50-minute testimony. But I did put a little blurb in there, a little text in there to ad- to warn folks that I've heard an untold number of prophecies, dreams, visions, uh, scripture reading, 2 Ezra 1528, you name it, and I have not seen not a peep about a fake alien invasion. So I personally believe that that is a PSYOP. Now, could it be both? Maybe, but I don't see anything in the Bible regarding that. And what would be the point if they know that the real thing is coming? I don't know. It just seems like a big, fat waste of time. All right. Anyway, praise God. Thank you. And they do know. Oh, they definitely know because they're waiting for the real thing to arrive. They certainly, certainly are. And 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 I and they know that the other entities are already here, but they know that gazillions of them are coming. That's a long story, folks. It takes a lot of years of study to to come to, the, to these understandings. It doesn't happen overnight. Praise God. All right. The next one I wanted to bring to your attention, which I find quite interesting. Praise Jesus. And let me go ahead and scroll up so I can see if I can. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, good, good. I got a large, large enough that I can actually read two pages at once. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. As old as I am. But anyway, praise Jesus. Um, so anyway, it turns out that Lockheed Martin has opened its second largest manufacturing center in the world in Poland, of all places, so that they can crank out PAP, HIMARS, MLR, MLRS missile systems, et cetera, to feed the NATO engine which no doubt uh, is all part of the master plan to drive World War III forward. They know they're going to be successful, or else they wouldn't be doing this. Um, And don't even get me going on how Turkey came out and said, keep your crummy hands off of us right after the earthquake there. 
Yeah, it's like they all know about the weather war, and they know. And you heard what Biden said out loud. I mean, you know, on his geriatric, uh, pants-pooping, uh, reptilian state. Um, you would think they'd have enough sense to pull that, pull the. Uh, they're 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 working on it. The entities of darkness are working very hard to get rid of Biden. They're they're totally on board with it now because CNN is talking about it. And once CNN starts talking about it, you already know what the agenda of Satan is. All right, praise, which of course puts a black witch, Kamala Harris, in charge. Of, uh, you know, oh Lord, it just it just it doesn't get better. Okay, at least Biden's bumbling geriatric dementia, um, you know, has worked out in our favor because he's ratted himself out so doggone many times. I mean, I can see the Antichrist Obama slapping his forehead going, Dag nabbit, which I love, by the way. All right, praise God. So I wanted to share this with you. Um, uh, and um, I'm basically going to, hmm, I can, let me see, how many minutes is this? Uh, we can try to listen to a little bit of it. Okay, here we go. It's Probably worth listening to, I think. In China, the Chinese Communist Party is midway through a 10-year project to rewrite the Bible, which will then be forced on Chinese Christians. And the changes in this new Bible turn Jesus into a murderer. Chinese Christians receive Bibles for the first time. With as many as 130 million reported Chinese Christians and the continuing explosive growth of the underground church, there are now more Christians in China than members of the Communist Party. The Chinese government's persecution of Christians has only led to even more church growth, causing the Communist Party to now target the Bible itself. What is called an update with socialist values and removing passages that don't reflect communist beliefs. Chinese are no longer content with um, all these attempts to try to forcibly get Christians to deny their faith. And so now they've just taken it to a new level where they're trying to rewrite the scripture and to confuse them and to um, prevent them from becoming Christians. In one example from a high school textbook, a Communist Party revision of John chapter 8 about the woman caught in adultery says... Jesus once said to the angry crowd who was trying to stone a woman who had sinned, He who is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. When his words came to their ears, they stopped moving forward. When everyone went out, Jesus stoned the woman himself and said, I am also a sinner. Man. Bibles for China. If you feel led, it's a great cause. Bibles for China. Now, you know, I lean heavily on Pipes International, praise Jesus. But if you feel led, let me tell you, I've seen, I've seen the videos of the Chinese who have received Bibles from Bibles for China. And they, they cry so hard because they're believers in Jesus, but a lot of them don't have Bibles that, that are in Chinese. And Bibles for China actually has them, the real thing. Uh, evidently, it's not like they can just go down to the store and buy them, if you know what I mean. But um, but anyway, as you feel led, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Anyway, um, here's another uh, audio video kind of a thing. And I'm going to go ahead and play this. This has to do with airborne delivery of Vax poisons. All right. Here we go. Praise you, Jesus. Bring it up. Hmm. Okay. What am I missing? Vaccinate the population of an entire country. But there are some people who just will not get down with the program. 
people who, no matter what you say, what you do, or what incentive you put out there, just refuse to take the vaccine. Here in America, this represents somewhere between 19 to about 30% of the population, depending on how you do the numbers. And so, wouldn't it be nice if there was some way that the government could disseminate the vaccine quietly in a way that people wouldn't even realize that they were getting vaccinated? That way, you can achieve your goal with minimal resistance. All right. So this this aligns with the black colored, the dark, you know, they're, they're grayish black chemtrails that have been spotted and photographed and videoed. You know what I mean? Um, uh, in the air and the people that were videoing those events were very aware that um, so they were kind of, you know, ahead of the testimony of this particular person uh, that is uh, sharing this information with the world uh, from the Epic Times. All right. Praise God. But we we've I think we've known about. But, you know, the thing I have also noticed is that I talk too fast for most people, which means you're not listening fast enough, which is a bummer, but I, I can't change that, uh, you know, anyway, um, but, uh, you know, because there's only a certain percentage that folks can remember, and, and that's okay, praise Jesus, you know, maybe the Lord, through his grace, will impress upon your heart what you need to know, all right, hallelujah, but anyway, this is Chris Skye talking about the new Nipah virus that has been released uh, in uh, India. Uh, and, of course, they're blaming it on bats. Does that ring a bell for anybody? I don't know. It does for me. Uh, but anyway, um, so I'm just going to go ahead and share that with you. Um, rather than playing the video, um, would would like to play the video, but for some reason I must have, uh, but I'm not going to dwell on it. The next one here is Matt Getz, uh, in, uh, you know, rebuking Speaker McCarthy. Now, they, him and Laura Boebert, uh, were very vocal against McCarthy taking that position that he's in. Um, oh, wait till you hear the punchline. Oh, my goodness. So let me just go ahead and get Matt, Matt Getz uh, rebuking um, McCarthy on the floor of Congress. All right, let's get that in there because it's it's important. On this very floor in January, the whole world witnessed a historic contest for House Speaker. I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. We have had no vote on term limits or on balanced budgets as the agreement demanded and required. There's been no full release of the January 6th tapes. As you promised, there has been insufficient accountability for the Biden crime family. And instead of cutting spending to raise the debt limit, you relied on budgetary gimmicks and rescissions so that you ultimately ended up serving as the valet to underwrite Biden's debt and advance his spending agenda. Mr. All right. And he goes on and on and on, and he's correct. Gets nails Okay, so it actually gets better. Oh, if you want to call this better, that may be a poor choice of words under the circumstances. It's good for us as far as departure is concerned, uh, but really creepy. Um, I'll just share this with you. So evidently, when uh, McCarthy was speaking uh, to a, you know, a press conference uh, about the Lahaina tragedy, 
He was wearing a very interesting shirt. So let's listen to this guy's testimony. Of course, I have the video here. And, um, yep, what he says is the truth. So let's go ahead and pull this up. Thank you, Jesus. He's talking about Speaker McCarthy and the House of Representatives. This explains a lot, folks. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy at a press conference during his visit to the intentionally set, <clears throat> I mean, wildfires in Maui. I don't know if you guys seen this press conference or not, but he was wearing quite the statement of a T-shirt. Let's zoom in on it a little bit. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that OWL logo on his T-shirt, but it's quite the statement to the rest of us, and especially those in Lahaina. It's time to start calling things out for what they are and stop letting the media brainwash us into thinking everything is a conspiracy. This T-shirt right here is a membership T-shirt to the Bohemian Club. All right. So anyway, he goes on in great detail, shows the actual Bohemian Club, blah, 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 maps it over to the T-shirt, zooms in on T-shirt and proves it is absolutely true, which it is. So now we know. Oh, it gets worse, sadly. Uh, It's okay. Hang in there. Another headline says, Biden asked justices to block limits on collaboration with social media companies. Well, as it turns out, SCOTUS had, um, you know, I believe it was Alito, led the charge. And unfortunately for all of the United States of America, um, and I've said before that I believe the uh, Supreme Court of the United States of America is fully compromised. Um, once in a blue moon, they do something that's right. But most of the time, mm, no, they don't. So that, that indicates internal compromise strongly. Uh, don't even get me going on the attacks on uh, – just, it's just absolutely sickening. But anyway, um, it's amazing what a threat, threat to your children and your life and everything will, you know – Organized crime, folks. Organized crime. Satanic, global satanic crime syndicate. You know, it's just unbelievable. But here we are. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us all these things. So anyway, unfortunately, the Supreme Court upheld the ability of, um, you know, full censorship. Yep, believe it or not, on social media. They upheld it. If you can explain that to me in in words that can describe why they're not compromised by the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, and all the other evil satanic entities that are walking amongst us, I don't think you can. I really don't think you can. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So the next one up is fascinatingly funny. It's a fellow in uh, Canada. Now, Canada is being overrun. Canada and Australia and the United Kingdom are the three countries that are leading the, leading the way. They're leading the way to the implementation of the global reset. They have more of the implements, more of the cameras, more of the 5D showers, more of the 15-minute uh, city stuff than any other countries in the entire world. They're leading the way. Um, anyway, all that being said, this guy is um, from uh, Canada, and he's telling us what we should not do. I find this very interesting. All right. And folks in Canada, pay close attention. Hi, everybody. This is Todd. Welcome back to my TikTok channel. And today I want to tell you what not to do. Now, first and foremost, all those cameras that are up around intersections that are watching people. Okay. Hold on a second. Um, oh, that's about the weirdest thing in the whole wide world. Hold on. Let me just see what happened. I lost my audio. Uh, oh, why would that happen? 
One of the other things you should definitely not do, you should definitely not destroy any of that 15-minute city infrastructure. Don't do it. You'll get in trouble. That infrastructure is there to make sure you live in a comfortable 15-minute city. Do not destroy any of that stuff. You really shouldn't do that. Now, every single camera you see in any intersection or anywhere will actually have a little doorway, a little box, so somebody can access that camera in order to work on it or fix it or whatever. Now, every one of those has a little keyhole access for the person to put the key in and turn it. Do not go to the store and get spray foam insulation and spray it into the keyhole. Don't do it. Now, every single 5G tower that you see all over this country will have a little building right beside it. That is the building that controls all the electronic components and uh, houses the wiring going up the tower. Now, whatever you do, do not set fire to that building. And I'm going to tell you why. If you set fire to that building, the insulation inside the cable going up to the tower is highly flammable. You will burn that entire tower to the ground. Don't do it. Do not start any fires in those buildings at the, around the 5G towers. Don't do it. Now, I am personally worried that I might have inspired other Canadians to harass the CBC News if they see them on their street. Please do not harass the CBC News if you see them. Don't do it. And I'm going to tell you why. From my own personal experience, at least one out of every thousand people in my comment section is really upset that I did that. So don't do it. Do not harass the CBC if you see them in your town. Don't do it. Now, something that you should definitely not do, do not take dirty motor oil and mix it with sand and then put that into a water balloon and then throw that at any critical infrastructure regarding the 15-minute city. I'm going to tell you why. The oil and the sand will get in and absolutely destroy any of those cameras or any of that equipment that they're using to bring you into a loving, just fabulous 15-minute city. So do not do that. All right, praise God. I, I found that to be quite humorous. Um, so anyway, praise Jesus. I just wanted to share a little snippet of that. All right, and then according to TASS, uh, the TASS Russian media outlet, they have republished. Um, I think they're totally on to stuff, you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, they um, republished publicly the fact that Nancy Pelosi – Pelosi said, uh, it says, I'm just going to read the headline. Former United States House of Representatives Speaker Pelosi calls herself, quote, a cold-blooded reptile. And, um, you know, I I could read you the whole thing, but I think you get it. Okay, you know, she even comes out, the quote is from CNN, it says, I'm not a poor baby, I'm more of a reptilian, cold, I'm more reptilian and cold-blooded. Okay, and uh, anyway, so Russia got hold of it and said, yeah, no kidding. As a matter of fact, if my hunch is right, the people that published it were probably thinking like this. You're good. (laughs) Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Next one up. All right. Wait a minute. I'm going to play my new stinger because I like it. I want to hear it. Makes me feel good. So here we go. It's a little bit of feel good new stinger stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. It's not All 
right, praise God. So this is from Michael Snyder. He writes, uh, headline is, the genocide of Christians is escalating all over the planet, but most Westerners don't even know what's happening. Yep. <laughs> Remember that whole uh, st- statistic thing, 50 miles from your home? <laughs> anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, it's it's worse than that. Um, but anyway, you know, if you if I'm not going to get into it, I, I don't I just don't have time. All right. Eleven thousand three hundred are currently at the, that's the death toll right now in the Libya floods, which were, well, highly uncommon. Um, they actually had a type of a, they called it a I think they call it a medicane. Uh, which basically means a, hurric- a small but powerful hurricane storm that occurred in the Mediterranean. And um, it, you know, 11,300 dead. Now, remember, it was 50,000 dead plus in the Turkey earthquake. And Turkey thinks that we did it. Do you think that we might have? I kind of think so. All right, praise God. Putin, no tangible results from Ukraine's counteroffensive. Kiev is suffering 71,000 losses, which, by the way, is absolutely true. I explained the principle of how it works. The, uh, the Russians are extremely intelligent. They know exactly what they're doing. They're not, you know, dorked up. They're not. They know what they're doing. We'll just leave it at that. I've played many testimonies to help people understand that dynamic. And it's, it's, it's for anybody who isn't staring at CNN, you know, Whatever. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hopefully everybody that's listening to this program understands the dynamics of what is happening over there. And yes, of course, it's a kill zone. It's it's, it's what they do. They they allow them break, to break through a particular line. They basically take their troops and they step on the side and then they let the Ukrainians come pouring in like a bunch of cockroaches into a trap. And then they hit them with some bug spray and bam, it's all over and 71,000 people die. But Hey, they keep on doing it over and over again, and they're being led by United States CIA and Intel. Intel. So that, what does that tell you about this country? Uh huh. All right. Next headline up. Praise Jesus. South Korea and the United States issue a warning to Russia. These two countries claim that Moscow will pay a price for the military cooperation with North Korea. How dare you? Gee, I wonder what the price could be. I mean, after all, it was Biden and Obama that basically gave $6 billion to Iran and that with a promise of another $10 billion, Why would they do that? Think about it. It's the Antichrist. Do you think he, like, loves Israel? Ah, uh, oh, the evil. Ah, oh, the evil. It's so tangible. You can cut it with a knife. Too bad it's not like a big chocolate cake. But then I couldn't have any anyway, which would be great. Thank you, Jesus, because I'm doing the no-carb thing. All right, Chris Sky, Canada, going into complete lockdown, he says. And uh, it's in progress, and he's getting a lot of, lot of internal communications. Let's listen to this. So check out this link from our wonderful corporate friend, that are 100% complicit in trying to log us down and take away our rights. Uh, click the link. It's West 49 Store Locator. And it has now been updated. I think someone put the update in a few weeks early to tell you that since many parts of Canada have now gone back into lockdown, you need to search the store locator to see which one of their stores are actually open. This is combined with people telling me they got kicked out of clinics, People telling me they got kicked out of stores. People telling me they have uh, stores and telling them how many people are only allowed in the store, one person per household. It's all coming back. And they are doing it under the radar. They are not announcing it on TV. They are just getting all of their corporate partners, 
to slowly implement the policies as if we were already back on lockdown. Wake the fuck up. Oh, I'm sorry so about that. I, I'm sorry about that. Our... I, I evidently, before I... Sorry, kids. I didn't... Uh, I guess I didn't listen to the whole thing before I typed it over to the show notes. Whoopsie-daisy. Uh, anyway, praise Jesus. All right. So anyway, um, next headline up. Hallelujah. The United States is preparing to deploy nukes in the United Kingdom, which, of course, is why. Uh, it's called Operation uh, 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 Atlantic Resolve is what they're calling it. But, of course, we don't know what the really big picture is, do we? Or do we? Hmm. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Epic Times reports, Mike Pence says the United States troops may have to fight if Ukraine doesn't repel Russia. Now, what we know is that he is a known pedophile, a known horrible abuser of tiny little children, and a shape-shifting reptilian. I remember the first time Robert Vandrius Mitchell told us told us on the program that he was a reptilian, that he'd seen him at satanic uh, sacrifice ceremonies, and I, I was taken back by that. <laughs> you know, turns out Robert Vandrius Mitchell once again hit a home run. Hallelujah. All right, and I uh, have spared you of the live testimony of what a per- individual had seen Pence do. I had it, but I didn't want to play it on the program because it's so horrible that it's just one of those things you can't on here. Okay. Um, unfortunately, in preparing for the show, I got an earful. All right. Next one up. Uh, this this is interesting. Top doctor warns that, uh, and again, I, uh, his name is Dr. Harvey Risch, which is R-I-S-C-H, um, supposedly um, Professor Emeritus from Epidemiology at Yale University. I have not confirmed this, but evidently he is saying that turbo cancers caused by the mRNA vaccine are set to kill billions of people. Hmm. That's pretty, uh, wow. <laughs> Okay, next one up. Very, very disappointing, but nevertheless, I think it's very important that we all are aware of these things. Pray, please, that God will forgive her, please. I don't have any reason to believe that she's a reptilian, but her behavior is anything but Christ-like. But it's all over the news, so it's not like I'm whistleblowing her. You know what I mean? I'm just reading the news report. So from CNN Politics, it says, Theater video surveillance shows United States Representative Lauren Boebert escorted out of a Beetlejuice musical in the theater. Lauren Boebert issues apology after video appears to show her vaping and being fondled by a, uh, by, by a date during the Beetlejuice musical. I saw, I saw the video. Um, also, for what it's worth, outrageous, they say on Twitter, Lauren Boebert co-sponsored a bill to make the AR-15 the United States national gun, which is an HR-1095. Now, this is the woman that during the election process was going, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. And I'm like, are you sure you're talking about the same Jesus as I am? But oh well. We have a lot of that going on across the old Babylon, the great United States. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just not good. 
All right, praise God. And a hemicane hits Phoenix, believe it or not. 70 to 80 miles an hour winds. 80 is a breakover point for a Cat 1, and it's happening right in downtown Phoenix. Praise Jesus. And let's go ahead and take a quick listen to this because people are freaking out. But anyway, of course they would because they would never experience anything like this. Uh-oh, hold on. Um, if you actually were to see the video, it would be mind-blowing. <laughs> These things don't happen in Phoenix, but they do. And we've known um, that Planet X's approach, even John Moore in his testimonies, uh, mentioned hemicanes, I believe it was, yeah, um, at some point. But anyway, um, so we go on. All right, next one up. 60, oh, I'm sorry. First, I wanted to mention that Rich Dad Poor Dad is going public right now, that particular fellow, and he's telling everybody that war is coming, and here's how you need to change your investment strategies. I thought I'd pass it along to you. So watch out, everybody. And then uh, the next one up. 68 Chinese warplanes and 10 Chinese ships have now pretty much, you know, circled around Taiwan, so we'll have to see how that goes down. Um, you know, I don't know. We don't know. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. John Fetterman has reappeared all of a sudden from his uh, deathbed <laughs> in the hospital. But it's not John Fetterman, and everybody knows it. The the arm tattoos are missing. It doesn't look anything like him. And anybody who believes that it's John Fetterman is... Um, I don't know, punch drunk or something. I, I can't even imagine why they would think it in a, in a millisecond. There's no resemblance. All right, praise God. Thank, or very little, very, very little. I guess they had a hard time finding a body double and not enough time to hybridize them. All right, praise God. Next one up. Total blackouts in Nigeria as the power grid collapses. You think that was on purpose? Hmm. We'd have to go back and look at everything. Oh, and by the way, just so you know, Sarah Young of Jesus Calling, the Jesus Calling author, has died at the age of 77 from, sadly, cancer. But I would like to believe that God Isaiah 57 her. And when I say Isaiah 57, what I mean is where it says, The righteous perish, but no one takes it to heart, that merciful men are taken away, while no one considers that the righteous is taken away from evil. Amen? So anyway, maybe she just got taken home. Um, anyway, uh, New York Post reports, praise God, that Biden has a secret illegal deal with Iran that gives the mullahs everything they want. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, like I told you. Ynet News in Israel says Syria accuses Israel of the second attack within hours. Don't forget about Operation Atlantic Resolve and all of the ships and troops in the oh how many was how many thousands was it that were con, you know that you know that oh gosh yeah the the White House is heavily involved in, in getting more people uh, stuff is going on probably a lot more than we're even aware of. Another headline says, what is Operation Atlantic Resolve? Biden's plan for United States troops in Europe. But why, I say, why? I think we might know why. But anyway, by a miracle, and just remember that for those of you who have been, you know, pacing the floors to hear the men in black testimony, it's now on tribulation now because I knew there was just no way I would be able to do a full 15-minute playback of that testimony. But a lot of people wanted to hear it. So I went ahead and put it up on tribulation-now.org. Also, before we bring Terry on, and we're bringing her on any second, um, I wanted to let you know a couple of things. 
Um, and I suspect Terry probably kept the email, but I dug up, um, I did a, a Google hack essentially, and I called up all of the programs that Terry has done um, uh, going way back and because um, people were asking about them and stuff like that. And, of course, Terry can just let them know to start at the 50, 50% mark, you know, go halfway through the playback and they can go right to her, you know, her teaching. So that's great. Um, also, I wanted to let you know that at tribulation-now.org, instead of me double dipping and publishing the uh, incredible Bible scripture study notes that she creates – double publishing. Instead, what I've done is I've gone to the Terry Hill link on Tribulation Now, uh, tribulation-now.org, um, and there's other uh, link, you know, tribulationnow.com, tribulation, uh, you know, it, there, it, 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 there's a lot of URLs that go to it, but the main one is tribulation-now.org. That's the main URL. But her link, uh, Terry Hill, instead of double dipping and republishing, and what I'm doing is I'm direct redirecting people over to her site. The reason for that is because she has, you know, she offers prayer support for people that we all need, okay, and um, and she has access to all of these teachings and things where she can um, really help, you know, not only just throw documents at you, but, you know, she she's there for people, and um, that is a powerful blessing, and I, I just, I really didn't see the sense in putting the documents in multiple places, uh, I thought it was better to just go ahead and redirect everybody, anybody who's interested in these awesome Bible studies and all the scripture uh, work that she does, because she, it's fabulous. Uh, and um, and then also the opportunity to ask for prayer and to interact with her is also a blessing as well. So anyway, let's go ahead and bring her on. Praise Jesus for her incredible work. Thank you, Father, for her her humility and her touching people and edifying them and encouraging them in days as challenging as, as we are in today. Praise God. So anyway, let's bring her live right now. Praise God. And thank you, Terry, for uh, pressing that magic button for me so I could spot your number real easy. <laughs> that does make it a lot easier. But anyway, are you there? I sure am, John. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and step aside because I wanted to give you as much time as you needed, even a little bit extra uh, to cover this, because I, I know I, I feel, you know, I just felt impressed that um, this is an important message, as they all are, and um, the extra time will come in handy for you. So anyway, God bless you. I'm stepping aside and handing the microphone over to you. God bless you for coming tonight. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, John. And as always, thank you for having me. It's a, a joy for me. It's um, uh, a work of grace, as we all know, and uh, we each have our part to do as uh, servants of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm thankful for my part, and I'm always amazed and surprised at how he brings a message together, and uh, so for that, we give him glory, and I'm so grateful to be with you. Uh, so tonight, let's just start with a word of prayer here. Father, I thank you so much, and I praise you once again for the opportunity to share your word tonight with your people. Thanking you and praising you, Lord God, that every day is a gift from you. And 
Every day we have an opportunity to learn about you better. Every day we have an opportunity for our, our, our faith to be tested. And so for that, Father, I thank you. I ask your blessing upon uh, Brother John and all who are listening, all who assist in the production of, of these programs. Father, there are many people behind the scenes that I have not met, but we'll meet one day, and I'm asking your blessing upon them. I'm asking for divine provision and protection and for your blood covering. Thank you for your angels that encamp around them that fear the Lord. And so, Father, I ask you to put your words in my mouth and um, be pleased with all that is said and done tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, beloved, we live in a world that is growing increasingly dark. I'm um, I don't know how it is that I could be shocked every time I hear something different because we're seeing things going from bad to worse. But I want to start out on a note of hope tonight and, and just reflecting on what yesterday was. Yesterday was the, the Feast of Rosh Hashanah, which means the Feast of Trumpets. And this is one of the feasts of the Lord. They are not Jewish feasts. They are the Feast of the Lord. And so I just wanted to um, touch on that for just a moment. Um, the Feast of Trumpets uh, was a blowing of trumpets. God um, gave some feasts to his people. You can read about that in Leviticus chapter 23. We've actually talked about the feast before. And the Feast of Trumpets was the first of the fall feast. And there was a Feast of Trumpets. There is the Day of Atonement and then Tabernacles. And all of these feasts teach us something about the Lord Jesus Christ and they also teach us about steps in God's plan of redemption for his people. But with the blowing of trumpets, these priests, uh, was the priests of the Lord who blew the, the trumpets. And in this case, on uh, Rosh Hashanah, this was the ram's horn called the shofar. Okay? And so this uh, was a call uh to hear the clear living word of the Lord. So the Lord wants to communicate with his people, and he does that through his word. He does that through his priesthood. And the blowing of the trumpets were to cause the people to draw near to the Lord, to depart from sin, uh, to defend the camp, to declare a new season. Uh, and Jesus himself was the clear living word, okay? And so he introduced uh, the message of the gospel, as we know, and he was the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, and the ministries, God's ministries that he has raised up is preparing an army, and it's bringing an awareness of the fact uh, that this age is winding down, it's bringing an awareness of the fact that God is calling his people to perfection and that there is a day coming called the Feast of Tabernacles when Jesus will set up his millennial kingdom when uh, God's people will be changed uh, in a moment in the twinkling of, of an eye. It's going to be absolutely glorious. But before that happens, we need to understand that there's a pathway into God's glory. There is a pattern for revival. Uh, the trumpets, the sound of the trumpets was a wake-up call, okay? It's an awakening blast. The days of awe, uh, Yom Kippur, also called Day of Atonement, was a time to seek the Lord with time to return to the Lord. And then um, 
Tabernacles speaks of the fullness of the glory of God in Jesus' second coming, the redemption of the body and the millennial kingdom. So for those of us who are in Christ, who have been born from above, who have acknowledged and recognized that Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, is the Messiah, then we have a absolutely glorious hope. But um, on the subject of Rosh Hashanah, uh, it is an, a declaration of uh, impending destruction. So this is not something that is appealing uh, to most people. Uh, it is a signal of warning to take heed, okay? So the Lord is setting the trumpet to the mouths of his people, his priesthood. They have the privilege of blowing the trumpet. They have the privilege of sounding an alarm. Now, that alarm sound, when that was blown, is reminding us of the day in which we are living. And so God's word is alive. It speaks to us today. And there are steps, like I said, in uh, the redemption process. We can look back, and just I'll just touch on this for a minute. The first feast of the spring feast was Passover, and that's a type of the new birth. Jesus offers new birth to humanity. Uh, he was the Passover lamb. The blood was applied to the doorpost. The people ate the lamb together. And when the Messiah was slain, he was and is our Passover lamb. And that is a new beginning with forgiveness of sins. So that is absolutely great news for those of us who have been laden down with sins, with religious rituals and traditions and sacraments and so on and so forth. Because this is a promise that with a new birth, there's a new beginning And we are going to be saved from the destroyer. With unleavened bread, I'll just touch on this. This is a putting away of leaven. And this has to do with uh, when God showed his people, they had to go through the home, get rid of all the leaven in the house, which is a type of sin. And it speaks to us about forsaking our old life and beginning to walk with God in holiness and sincerity. And Jesus was the bread of life. He offered his sinless body. And the church, which is a living organism, it is not a building, it is not a denomination, but it is a living organism of many living stones together. This is the bread. Scripture says we are many loaves and um, many flames. And so the body of Christ forms together. Then with first fruits, this is a walk in the newness of life. And the barley grain was the first to ripen. Jesus was and is our first fruits. This is the resurrection. He is the first fruits of those that sleep. He is the sheaf of the first fruits. And it speaks to us of walking in newness of life to know him in the power of his resurrection. That's Romans 6. So the church is the first fruits unto God, redeemed from among men. Then there's Pentecost. There's another step of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this was also called the the Feast of Weeks, and this was after Passover. And this speaks to us of the baptism with the Holy Spirit that empowers us to walk with God in obedience. And Jesus fulfilled the law. Uh, It is the celebration of the receiving of the law in Exodus 19. It means for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
uh, it's when God's people are endued with power, and it is actually really the birthday of the church. It's when the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit were ministered by love. The Spirit of God was poured out. We can read about that in the book of Acts. And so the next feast, the beginning of the fall feast, as I said, is trumpets. And so with the blowing of the trumpet, it's a, a solemn call to come to, um, to assemble in the house of the Lord. I want to read a scripture to you out of Hosea 8, starting at verse 1. Set the trumpet to your mouth like an eagle. The enemy is coming against the house of the Lord. Because they transgress my covenant, they've rebelled against my law, they cry out to me, My God, we of Israel know thee, but Israel has rejected the good. The enemy will pursue him. They have set up kings, but not by me. They've appointed princes, but I didn't know it. And with their silver and their gold, they have made idols for themselves. I want to read another scripture to you that has to do with sounding an alarm. Again, a signal of warning. From Zephaniah 1, 14 to 16, it says, Near is the great day of the Lord. It's near and it's coming very quickly. Listen, the day of the Lord is the warrior is crying out bitterly. The day of wrath in that day, a day of trouble, distress, destruction, desolation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities and the high corner towers. And um, it says, I will bring distress on men. They will walk like the blind. They have sinned against the Lord, and their blood will be poured out like dust. So this is a, uh, wow, difficult to read, and yet the Lord is telling his people that danger is approaching, but... As we read through the scriptures, as Jesus has gone before us, as he is showing us what's happening in our world, as he is explaining things to us in the light of scripture, we all know and have read, we know that Israel will make a covenant of death with the false Messiah, Antichrist. We read about things in the book of Daniel. We know that apostasy is already present throughout Christendom. And I make a distinction between Christianity and Christendom because what's happened is there is a cultural Christianity that has evolved in the day in which we live. So we see that apostasy is here. We know that persecution is here and will continue to increase, especially in the Western world. We know that judgment is coming. We know that Antichrist will be revealed. We know the wrath of God is coming. But we also know that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, will descend from heaven in the air, and his saints will be called up to meet him. And so shall we forever be with the Lord. From the beginning, one of the promises that God has made us is that God's people are not appointed unto wrath. And we can take solace and we can have hope in knowing that as we look around the world, as we see economic trends leading to a one-world electronic currency and digital ID, as we see a political trend leading to a blending of nations, puppet governors, feudalism, 
We see a technological trend with men increasing in knowledge and many who are ever learning, but they're not coming to a knowledge of the truth. We see cultural trends and we see that it is our, our lifestyle, our society is largely influenced by the elitist controlled media, which is employed to condition the thinking and the behavior of the masses. And sadly, we see an ecumenical trend among what I call cultural uh, churchianity that is leading toward a one-world religion. But I was impressed by the Lord to make this message something that is going to center on the gospel itself because the Romans' road to salvation reveals the facts concerning our salvation. And my experience has been that many are not established in foundational um, principles in their Christian walk. And I want to say from the beginning that there are other paths that lead away from the Lord Jesus Christ that have deviated from Scripture. So I want to lay a foundation by talking about that Roman road to salvation. And I'll make some comments, too, about the book of Romans. The book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul. In fact, he called it his gospel. And the book of Romans has been called the Constitution of Christianity. So it's a letter of instruction that touches upon the main truths of the gospel. So in our conversations with friends and family members, if questions come up and um you are, are talking to a person who has been um, entrenched in religious tradition as I was, as I was raised in Roman Catholicism. It's all that I knew. Um, I was blessed to have a wonderful mother and father uh, who also were raised in Roman Catholicism. So that's what I grew up with. What I didn't know until later, until Jesus came into my life, until I was born from above, I did not know that there was a lot of error in Roman Catholicism. And so we come to find these things out when we look at the book of Romans. And so I'm just going to talk briefly about that book, and then I want to talk also about some other roads that have deviated from Christianity. Uh, the book of Romans tells us easily, in a nutshell, to be saved, first of all, we have to hear the message, right? Then we have to believe it. Then we have to repent. Repent, which means um, to change the way we think. It means to quit and to go in the other direction. And then we have to obey. And so I'm going to share um, this Romans road to salvation with you because it is the truth of God's word, it is the canon of scripture, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. His word has not changed. And one of the things that we can be reminded of is that as we look to God's word, it's like a compass. It's like a map that guides us in our life that we have here on earth. First Timothy 4.16 says, take heed to yourself and unto your doctrine, and continue in it. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those that hear you. And so my intent is to share 
the doctrine that is found in the Word of God, no extra curricular things that have been added. The scripture is very clear. In the last days in which we're living, uh, deception will increase. And in Mark 13, 5 and 6, Jesus said, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. He said, Many are going to come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. To begin with, if we understand the Romans' road to salvation, we, we need to understand something. Everyone needs salvation because every one of us have sinned. <clears throat> Romans 3, 10 to 12 and 23, the scripture says, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Everyone that is, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. The Bible tells us that the price or the consequences or the wages of sin is death. You see, if we can look at God's Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, if you are talking with someone that says, well, why do I need to be born again? I am a good person. I do this. I attend religious services. I'm good to my spouse. I'm a good parent. I'm a moral citizen. What we have to do is show people the law. All of us have broken God's law. The Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, if we are guilty of only breaking one of God's law, we are guilty still of breaking all of God's law. And the Bible tells us that the wages, okay, or the consequences of sin is death. All of us are headed to destruction. We were born in sin. David said, my mother in iniquity conceived me. I was conceived in iniquity. So you see, Adam and Eve's sin was passed on, and we are descendants of Adam and Eve. But Jesus came and died in our place. The Bible says that he died for our sins. So he paid the price for our eternal death, our spiritual death. Because the Bible tells us in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, now listen to this, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And we receive this salvation and we gain eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, Romans 5.8. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I can remember in my own experience when I heard the true message of the gospel preached the very first time, uh, we had stopped attending Catholic Church. We had been invited by neighbors to hear a man by the name of Pastor Chuck Smith at Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, California. <clears throat> Excuse me. The gospel was presented very clearly. I can remember seeing the joy on this man's face. I thought, that man's face is lit up. I, I was astounded by the joy that I saw in Pastor Chuck Smith. After the gospel message was presented, uh, there was an invitation given for anyone who wanted to receive 
Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so on that day, in 1978, at the very end of the year, my husband and I both received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I remember weeping for weeks, for weeks. It's just as though the Holy Spirit had come. And I was so broken before the Lord. God revealed himself to me. It was a dramatic um, conversion experience for me. Perhaps it wasn't for you. Perhaps some of you who are listening have said, I've never had that happen. I suppose what had happened was, and I realized how much God loved me, and I saw that Jesus had done everything for me, and that what I had to do was confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believed in my heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you will be saved, and that's what we did. And the scriptures in Romans chapter 10 says it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, and that name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. So that salvation and that experience caused me to be so grateful. As I picked up the Bible to begin to read, which I never did before, because as a Catholic, you're not encouraged to read the Bible. But I, as I started to read, it's as though the words on the pages of that book came alive to me. And it was as though God was speaking right to me. This is what God does with people who are born again. He speaks to them through the pages of the word of God because that word of God is living. It's powerful. The book of Hebrews tells us it's able to discern between thoughts and intents of the heart, joints and marrow, soul and spirit. So it penetrates you. As I was reading those words, and I know as those of you who listen and are reading God's word, God will penetrate your very heart, and it will speak to you. That's the living word of God. And so Jesus is the living word of God. The word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. Okay, so this Romans road to salvation brings a person into a relationship of peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we are made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. And one of my very, very favorite portions in scripture is Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So, just to be brief, there are two laws at work. There's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and there's a law of sin and death. And everybody at this point in time today is either abiding by one of those two laws. And Romans 8 tells us, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. No, not death or life. No angels, no demons, no fears or worries about tomorrow, not even powers of hell can separate us from God's love. There's no power in the sky above, no principalities or rulers in wicked places, okay? Or in the earth, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God 
that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Beloved, that is really good news. That is hope for those of us who live in a world that is increasingly spiraling into perdition. The Romans' road to salvation is the book of life. It reveals facts concerning our salvation. And God has prepared a road for each of us. So when I use the word today, when I talk about a road, I will call it a path or a way or a manner of life. And he's given us that to follow. Again, the scriptures being our guidebook, it's like a compass that points us toward our destination. So the Holy Spirit illuminates the scriptures to us, which are like a map, and he is directing us. And his road is a highway of holiness. He is a holy God. The Bible tells us without holiness, no man will see the Lord. You might say, well, Sister Terry, how do I become holy? Friends, we become holy by being born again, by being born into God's family. At that moment, the word holy means to be set apart or sanctified. God sets us apart for himself. Jesus does this for us. It's nothing we can do for ourselves. We simply believe it after we hear it, we confess it, and we obey. So all of us who walk with Jesus are presently on that Romans road to salvation. And those who may be listening, you're not walking with Jesus now. Perhaps you don't understand or something has happened in your life. Uh, There are other paths that lead perdition. So Jesus points out to us through his word, through the book of Romans, through all of his scripture, the path to salvation. And something happens. As a new Christian, I can remember having so many questions. There's so much that I did not understand. But in those early days, I remember and knowing, wow, I am, I'm a daughter of the king. I belong to Jesus now. I've been born again. And I couldn't wait to begin to share that. And I can remember just a short time after I was saved, I went across the street and shared this with a friend who had also been raised in Catholicism. And we prayed together. And she said, yes, I want that. And she, too, asked Jesus to come into her life and to forgive her of her sins. Something happens when God turns the light on. Now, when we're walking on this road to salvation, we hit roadblocks and detours many, many times. And I want to talk about some of those roadblocks and detours as we walk on this Romans road to salvation. In the neighborhood where we live, it used to be a pretty semi-rural community out here, but many people are moving out here now. And what we're finding is that everywhere around us in this area, there are roadblocks and detours. What's happening is the roads are being improved and built. Uh, Sewers are being laid. Electrical lines are being installed. Uh, Bulldozers are coming in. And when I leave in the morning, wherever my destination is, I have to prepare myself in knowing that even though I have a destination and I know how to get there, sometimes it looks like I'm going in the opposite direction 
but it's because of the detours that are set up in the road. There are roadblocks that say road closed, and there will be arrows and signs saying detour. And so I know that all of you know what that means when you encounter these roadblocks when you're driving, but this happens in our Christian life too, doesn't it? Sometimes confusion will come into our life, and there will be distractions, and we're going along, we're reading our Bibles, we've um, entered into fellowship at a church somewhere, we're starting to learn how to pray, we're taking Bible studies, and we're embarking on this Romans road to salvation. But sometimes, because life happens, things happen to us and along the way. Sometimes we encounter trauma on our road, and this is, could be emotional and physical pain. It can be loss, loss of health, loss of a loved one through death or divorce. It could be a loss of finances, a loss of a business, of friends. We could experience betrayal, and it seems like our life stops sometimes. <clears throat> what I want to reassure you is reassure you is this: Jesus will never ever leave you or forsake you. People will come and go, beloved. Friends will come and go. People will pass from this life. When Jesus is Lord and Master and you've given him your life and you trust him for salvation, he is always there with you. And this is one of the reasons why it's so important to have fellowship with other believers. The Bible tells us, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, which is the manner of some, but to to come together in fellowship and in prayer, to be disciples and to make disciples and for evangelism, Jesus said, especially as you see the day approaching. The day of the Lord is approaching. When the trumpet was blown, when the shofar is sounded, it was to alert the camp and say, watch out, danger is ahead of you. But also know that all of these things that Jesus promised we're coming. If we read Luke 21, Matthew 24, we've read the book of Daniel, we've looked at the book of Revelation. When we learn to read these books and to study them, we see that Jesus warns us about these things. He said, men will betray you. Jesus said, you will be persecuted. And he said that some will be offended by you because you now belong to Christ and you don't live like the world. You don't run with the people you used to run with. And you have broken away from heresy and false teaching, false beliefs. Jesus knows about these things that we encounter as we walk this Romans road to salvation. He knows about the rejection that we will be subjected to. People will not understand at times, beloved. They won't understand that your love for him is growing greater and greater. And the love for the world becomes less and less and less. In fact, it becomes very dim when we see the glorious inheritance that's been presented to us, the inheritance of being with Jesus Christ and ruling and reigning with him. 
some of those roadblocks and detours for some of you are discouragement because you've done everything you can and have known to do and your circumstance at home doesn't seem to change. Sometimes even in fasting and in praying, in seeking the Lord, in setting times aside, and doing everything that we know to do, sometimes circumstances and people just don't change. And these are people that we love. These are family members. And we look for good fruit, but we don't see the fruit yet. The Lord wants to remind each and every one of us, again, that Jesus sees these things in secret. He sees your prayer, your giving, your serving, your discipling, your administrative gifts, uh, gifts of um, hospitality. There are many, many gifts in the body of Christ. And Jesus sees your sacrifice in his behalf because you love him. In fact, he says, he sees those things in secret, and the Bible tells us that he will reward us openly. He tells us that in the book of Matthew. There is a day of rewards that is coming, beloved, and it's not found in this earthly life. It is not found in earthly gratification. <clears throat> God is making known to us the path of life. And in that path of life, we're going to run into people who become angry with us. We're going to meet people and encounter people in our neighborhoods, in our families, at work, when we're out doing business or just running errands. We're going to see that the path of life becomes more and more narrow. It is the straight and narrow path that leads to life. And Jesus told us, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. Okay, so it's almost like the sun is coming up that shines brighter and brighter. So at high noon, you can see every detail when the sun is straight up in the sky, right? But as the sun comes up in the morning, we just begin to see shadows and we begin to see the outline of what the landscape looks like. But each day, the closer we walk with the Lord, the more clearly we're going to see him and his kingdom truths are coming into focus. The Bible tells us we're seeing darkly through a glass right now. But one day when we behold him face to face, <clears throat> these things are going to be clear to us, beloved. So those of you who are experiencing discouragement, perhaps you've experienced trauma, perhaps you're dealing with confusion, perhaps persecution is increasing in your life, the Lord wants us to know that he is with us and that he is absolutely merciful. He's going to meet us right where we're at. We're going to have questions that aren't going to be answered until the other side of the veil, until we are with the Lord, until we go home to be with him or until he comes for us. And in these times of roadblocks and detours, there are going to be other voices that will be speaking to us. There will be others who say, I am an apostle, I am a prophet, I am a teacher, I am a pastor, I'm an evangelist, I'm a this or I'm a that. But Jesus was quick to tell us that there will be many deceivers in the last day, and he is very clear in his word what to look for. And so even as there is a road that leads to salvation, there are also paths that lead to perdition. 
And the enemy of our souls works very hard to place distractions in our life to get our eyes off of Jesus, off of the hope of our calling. And he is absolutely merciful. One of the most important things we can ever do, and I learned this as a young Christian, thank God I learned it early, was to take time out of every day, whether it's early in the morning, late at night, through the day. Jesus knows if you have little ones in the home. He knows if you have a busy household. If you're um, living by yourself, it's a different situation, but he will show you times to get away and to come and be with him so you can talk to him in prayer. So we can spend time in his word because as we read his word, the scriptures, the Holy Spirit illuminates those words and applies it to our life. And it is remarkable to me how I learned at a very young age, God knows every detail of what is going on in my life and in your life. But as I said, other voices will call to us while we are walking down this road to salvation. Satan also offers men other paths, but these paths lead to perdition. And the scripture tells us that uh, the paths of the wicked are turned aside and brought to nothing. Paths that lead to perdition, other beliefs, other religions, other gospels, we'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes, is filled with wickedness. Here's the problem. Much of it is truth, but that truth is mixed with error. And if we are not daily in the word of God, reading it, listening to it, we won't recognize the error if we're not reading the truth. So that's how we we recognize error as we put truth next to error. You see, other paths and beliefs add to or take away from God's word. Okay, and Proverbs 30, verse 6 says, Do not add to his words, or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. Revelation 22, 18 to 19 says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God shall add to him the plagues which are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of the the prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. So God is very clear and he's absolutely stern. If someone is offering you or saying this other teaching is absolutely necessary, this is the new revelation, I'm here to tell you that all that we need, beloved, is found in the canon of scripture, the holy word of God. Here's the thing. There are many paths that are being offered to people. Materialism, the love of money, mammon. Uh, It's a path that leads to idolatry with so much emphasis that we hear on climate control, which it actually is false environmentalism. It's an agenda of lies. Leads people to Gaia worship. Now, Gaia worship is the mother goddess of earth, where they're literally worshiping uh, the gods and and things in nature. This is another path to idolatry, where they're worshiping the creature rather than the creator. 
The path of earthly gratification and self-indulgence, we're told, leads to to ruin, according to Philippians 3. Uh, The scripture says we can be taken down a wrong path, led down a wrong path through three different things. Colossians 2, 8 says we can be led down a wrong path through philosophy. And, beloved, we know that the Apostle Paul encountered the philosophers, the Epicureans, in Acts 17. These were uh, men who were uh, always listening for the latest news and truth. They were hearing about all of what was going on, uh, opinions of men, speculation, conjecture. They had many gods. There are religions and people who worship many gods, but the Bible tells us there is one true God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's empty deception. There are people that are simply deceived, and then there are traditions And so false teachers and prophets introduce another way, another path. Some trust in their religious works. They trust in their sacraments or their rituals to save them. Being raised a Catholic, this is what I was taught to do, uh, that you had rituals, indulgences, penance, that you would pray to the saints. You could pray to Mary. You could pray to the dead or for the dead. All of these things I did not know. Uh, absolutely opposed scripture. The Bible tells us we have one mediator, Jesus Christ the Lord. Mary is not a mediator. She is not to be prayed to. She does not um, uh, mediate or stand as an advocate with the Father. That is Jesus who does. So, you see, I was raised in error. I did not know. But as I began to read scriptures and I began to compare the lies of Catholicism with the lies of the truth of the gospel, I could see now I was born again. Now I belong to Christ and all of my past and all of the error and the religious practices and everything I was a part of, bowing to statues, kissing a statue, going through the stations of the cross, listening to catechism, and again, the papal encyclicals and the error of the falsehood of Catholicism, perhaps some of you maybe are Catholic or raised Catholic, you will understand. They teach purgatory, that you can atone for your own sins in purgatory, and on and on. The list is endless. So you see, it's what I was believing. I was believing in sacraments or rituals to save me. But the Bible is clear. It's not by practicing these things It's not grace plus rituals or grace plus the law. That is error. And some will say all roads or paths lead to heaven. And this is found in New Age. And perhaps the Lord will allow us to go through that the next time we're together because there are other things that I would like to talk about and I won't have time to get to that tonight. But some will say trust in your works or in following the law. You are made righteous by following the law when the book of Romans clearly tells us that we are not justified by the law. We're justified by faith, okay? And some say all roads, paths lead to heaven. And some say there's an all-inclusive gospel or ultimate uh, salvation for every human being. The Bible does not teach us that. Uh, The Bible tells us through Jesus Christ's death, we are justified, okay? And through one man's disobedience, Adam, Eve, right, many were made sinners. And the Bible tells us even so through obedience 
to one, that's Jesus, many are made righteous. That's Romans chapter 5. And again, as we have mentioned, uh, we've been released from the law. That's what Romans 7 tells us. It says, now we've been released from the law. We died to that by which we were bound. Now we can serve God in the newness of the spirit, not in the oldness of the letter of the law. So what do we say then? That's what Paul said. Is the law sin? He said, no way. He said, on the contrary, I would not have come to no sin except through the law. So the law points to us and shows, wow, we've missed it. And when we receive Jesus as Savior and trust in his finished work, you don't have those demands to try to measure up to a law that you and I could never keep, beloved. Always falling as a, as a um, Catholic, either being guilty of venial sin or mortal sin. And they teach you go to a priest and you confess it. Then you do penance and then you light candles and then you give gifts. And it was an endless cycle of deceit. But the Bible tells us that Jesus is our true Sabbath rest. And the true meaning of the Sabbath, beloved, is not just the seventh day, but it teaches us that we have our peace and our rest in God. There's no more striving. There's no more of that um, driving of a religious spirit to try to perform, to measure up to something we could never keep, or to try to appease God's wrath by doing good works. No, here's the thing. You're born again first, and then we have the privilege of doing good works for the kingdom's sake. We're not saved by doing good works. God's anger is not pacified by doing good works. This was done completely through the offering of Jesus Christ. And Romans 8 says, Romans 8, 14, 16, all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Being a part of a church or a church member does not make you a son of God. Being raised in a home where perhaps one or both of your parents are Christians does not make you a Christian. Each of us must have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Each of us comes to faith by believing, by repenting, by confessing, by being baptized in water filled with the Spirit, born again by the grace of God. Beloved, this is a gift. And there are those who have introduced another gospel. There is so much deception and mixture that has entered into the church and even outside of the church. Second Corinthians 11.4 says there is another gospel. There are people that talk about Jesus. They say, oh, I know Jesus. But when you listen to what they believe and what they teach, it's another Jesus, it's another spirit, and another gospel. Why? Because the scripture says they've given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, it's important to remember when we are born from above, when we place our trust in Jesus Christ, our journey begins. We have a lot to learn. There will be things we depart from. There will be lifestyle choices that will change. But we must remember that at that moment, when we receive Christ, we are justified, all right? Justified, just as though we have never sinned. The Bible talks about justification 
sanctification, which is the process, and glorification. And whom God called, he justified. Whom he justified, he sanctifies. And whom he sanctifies, he glorifies. Now, that is absolutely remarkable. The hope, the glorious hope that we have in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, too, is that our bodies will be changed, will be changed into his likeness. We'll be given a new body, a body that will be no longer subject to decay, to sin. It'll be like the angels in that sense. When we've made our choice, the Lord protects us, giving us a brand new body because we have a brand new start when we are justified freely by his grace. And so Jesus even said, I'm the door to the sheep. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man comes to the Father but through me. And so other gospels, other belief systems attempt to climb up another way. Jesus talked about that in John 10. He said, I am the door for my sheep. Now, what we're seeing now is that the culmination at the end of the age in which we are living, we're seeing the church is discerning. Some things. God's people, because they are sons of God, because they're being led by the Spirit of God, are discerning that the Bible, what the Bible has taught, is coming to pass. As we read the headlines, as we hear the news, we hear about peace and harmony and equity. We see that the Pope has been instrumental in this. The Pope is a false prophet. He is not the head of the church. He, is, he speaks lies. There are those, the, the Bible talks about the one that he'll, uh, he'll speak like a lamb, but he truly is like a dragon. And I can tell you that that is a fact. Uh, we are listening to New World Order agendas being presented, such as the Great Reset, uh, NISARA, the National Economic Security and Recovery Act the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the Terra Carta, which was presented by King Charles, the European Union's Digital Services Act. All of what we are hearing about, these things that I have named and others as well, is fallen man's uh, uh, efforts to try to make a world that is going to build peace and harmony and equity among its inhabitants. Beloved, this is a beast system that we are seeing that's coming into focus. We are seeing this economic trend and a move toward a cashless society. We're seeing the political trends happening. There will be a one world government with a one world leader Revelation 13, whom the Bible identifies as Antichrist, he will mimic the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will come, and many will follow after him because they have believed a lie, because they have refused the Romans' road to salvation. As technology continues to increase, we know that presently a surveillance state is being created everywhere, and it will monitor and is monitoring the movements of citizens, which includes the ability to track the travel, the health, and the activities of individuals. This will uh, be seen in its climax with what we call the mark of the beast. We'll talk more about that later. 
The beast system is forming, I can tell you, with the construction of data systems, sensitive censorship, and with what we have heard about the Neuralink and the brain-computer interface is technology that is already here. Uh, it'll include the use of facial recognition technology, body implants that will con connect man to artificial intelligence, which will enable his thoughts to be read and controlled. This also is in Revelation 13:16. We've talked about this before. We see the increase in technology. We are seeing um, with the ecumenical uh, trend, we're seeing the promotion of humanism and a social gospel. And they call that reparations, which is what they're trying to present to the public, which is forced, forced wealth redistribution, which is, in fact, another path. It is error. It's an imagined social redemption instead of individual repentance toward God. So the blending of religions is what we call ecumenic, ecumenism. Ecumenical movement is the blending of religions which is going to form and is forming an interfaith union of worship and a false peace again in which the Pope of the Catholic Church is very instrumental. The emergent church is offering formulas for false conversions, for church growth, and improved self-esteem, but they never address the subject of the fact that man is a sinner. So what we're seeing now is we're seeing a biblical Christianity morphing, and already is morphed into a cultural <clears throat> Christianity. And instead of a personal relationship, with the Lord Jesus Christ based on biblical faith, we're seeing a religion based on humanistic logic, feel-good experiences, and popular interpretations of scriptures which are lifted out of context and doctrines are being built upon those things. A classic example is the Word of Faith movement, New Apostolic Reformation and Dominionism. We'll talk about that later. Coming to God through faith in Jesus Christ, who has revealed himself in his word, cultural Christianity now is morphing into this saying, faith in our own good works and our, good, our intentions are good enough. That is a lie. Instead of seeing the Bible as the absolute unchanging word of God, because we know the Bible is inspired by God, including its reports, and activities among God's people. Instead of that now, people are being presented with a collection of guidelines or allegories or myths or stories that are useful for good living. And offensive verses in the Bible must be ignored. So new, five quote, Bibles are being written, which are false Bibles. Many paraphrases are very inaccurate. And many are being changed <clears throat> to fit the narrative and the woke culture. So this is part of the apostasy that we're in now, beloved. But the goal of the Christian is to know him, beloved, to know his will, follow his way, and to live each moment in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ by his grace. Paul the Apostle said to know him 
in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed even unto his death. But what's happening in the seeker-friendly churches, in the cultural churchianity of our day, they want the people's approval. They want large offerings. So they will say what will tickle the ears of the people to make them feel good about themselves, to help them to deflect the fact that they are sinners in desperate need for a Savior, that they must be born again, that Jesus is coming soon. And prior to his appearing, we are going to see wars and rumors of war, more pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places, more persecution, more false apostles, prophets, teachers, and more of, of, of the spiraling downward, which will climax the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the false Messiah will appear before the real Messiah appears. The Bible has told us this. So with cultural Christianity, we're seeing a feel-good, fun fellowship. Many years ago, my husband and I visited Saddleback Church, which is in Southern California. And I can tell you when we went in, it was back in, oh my goodness, I think the late 80s maybe 1990, something like that, one of the things we noticed is that people were not bringing their Bibles in. And those were the days before people had their their notepads and their electronic Bibles. But people weren't bringing their Bibles in. It was like going to a country club, I can tell you that. Uh, the biblical source of our strength, beloved, is God's unlimited grace and power. But the cultural church, the watered-down Christianity that we're hearing these days is now trust in your own human abilities, plus God's help when needed. So the emphasis has shifted instead of putting our faith and trust and strength and adequacy and life and hope in Christ, it's putting it on the people and their abilities and get what you can out of this life, which is a lie. Beloved, This world is passing away and everything in it. And the biblical Christianity tells us that we're weak and we're inadequate apart from Christ. But the watered-down version of cultural churchianity says that we can be strong and capable if we have confidence in ourselves, which is a lie. We are to place no trust in the flesh. The Bible tells us the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? The fact of the matter is, beloved, as we walk with him day by day and as we seek the Lord Jesus through his word, his Holy Spirit speaks speaks to us. So this is how we pray. We come to the Father. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that he teaches us, he guides us, he walks with us, he illuminates the scripture, he shows us our glorious inheritance, he makes God's word become real to us, he gives us a burden for souls, because beloved, we're here for two things, to know him and to make him known. There are going to be some things in the news you simply can't keep up with everything, Uh, We all have different lives. Our assignments are all different. But I tell you, there's only 24 hours in the day for each of us. 
If we are not making time to be alone with the Lord in prayer, in scripture, in fellowship, uh, in evangelism, we're missing the mark. God wants us to share our faith. He is concerned. His word tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge of the truth. People must hear the gospel. They cannot be saved unless they hear the gospel. And the book of Romans talks about that. <clears throat> the book of Bible, the book of Romans tells us that he makes known the riches of his glory. But how does he do that? Through the word of God. And the Bible tells us too, if, if God raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 10, it says that, that we too will be raised from the dead. Beloved, there are men and there are companies and there are devices of the enemy <clears throat> that would like to promote uh, and continue this life because this life is all they have. This is the life that they trust in. You see, Satan seeks to mimic the Lord Jesus Christ by utilizing another way. So he's going to be coming to each of us who are on the Romans road to salvation and will he'll whisper things in our ear or we'll hear something or read something or somebody will tell us something. But we need to understand that Satan masquerades, okay? He, is, he comes as an angel of light. So he'll come with information. He'll come with supposed revelation. And some of it will be mixed with truth. And, and that's why his bait looks appealing sometimes. You see, God is omniscient. In other words, God has infinite knowledge and he knows everything. Well, Satan desires this. Okay, and those who walk according to this world want to accumulate more and more and more information, but the problem is they're accumulating knowledge and information, but it's outside of God's will. It's information that is not consistent with the word of God. Now, again, we have to be watching. We have to be awake. We have to be aware, <clears throat> but there is some knowledge that we don't need to dabble in. We, de we are not to dabble in occultic practices, okay? Another thing, God is omnipotent. He has unlimited power and authority. We know this, but Satan desires this as well. So through the person of Antichrist, he desires that power and control. And the Bible tells us that he, in fact, will take that place and accept that worship because he desires to control we also know God is omnipresent. He's present in all places at the same time. And we know the enemy would desire this as well. And with the mark of the beast that will be implemented, and if indeed there will be neural links, brain and body implants, he in fact will desire to be present in the people who have succumbed to his lies, where he will be dictating to them and demanding what he wants which is ultimately worship. And he will attempt to achieve his ultimate goal to be like the Most High. You can read that in Isaiah 14, verses 13 and 14. He wants to be like the Most High God. That is what he's wanted from the beginning. And as he operates through Antichrist and the false prophet and the minions of his dark kingdom, there will be a time when our father... <clears throat> Uh, pulls back his hand when the restrainer 
will no longer restrain the full expression of evil, and that is when Antichrist will take his place. And he will be allowed for a short time to deceive the nations. He will accomplish this through the use of deceit, which he does now. He's both the serpent and the dragon. He's a deceiver and the persecutor. He will accomplish this through deceit, through practices of the occult, through technology, and knowledge empowered by artificial intelligence. You see, we're learning more and more about, again, about the bots that are being created and improved. And in fact, some are saying and some are concerned that they will begin to think for themselves, will turn in many ways against even those who have um, created them. There are are, are many uh, dangers ahead. And we see that Satan will use these things through artificial intelligence, again, through the occult, through technology, through knowledge that is achieved and empowered by artificial intelligence, and then the deceit of what he wants people to believe, the deceit of his narrative, the deceit of his woke culture, the deceit of his lies that he's used from the beginning because Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. He is the father of lies. You know, the scripture tells us that the government will be upon his, Jesus' shoulders. That's Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. The government will be upon his shoulders. Right now, the government of Jesus Christ is within the people of God who are born again. He lives within his people through his Holy Spirit, which indwells each believer. His kingdom right now, beloved, is within us. Kingdom will be fully realized when Jesus returns, when he puts down all rebellion and all the Antichrist kingdom and all of this, when Satan will be bound for a thousand years during the millennial reign of Christ. But right now, the government of the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ is within the people of God. Now, he is still king. Jesus is Lord. Ultimately, he is in control. And yes, he is and will allow the full expression of evil. People are being given a choice. They will be given the opportunity to hear the gospel message in many ways. They're hearing it on television, through the Internet, by radio, through conversation, uh, in many, many ways. And so we are still in this time of grace until our Father's hand is pulled back, until the restrainer is restrained, and that is the restraining power of the Holy Spirit, which is restraining and hindering the full expression of evil. But again, the government will be on Jesus' shoulders, but Satan desires this, right? And so his quest for worship, power, and control, he will utilize a surveillance system. He will have an economic agenda. He will promise prosperity for all, fairness, justice. He will have his counterfeit city. He will perform counterfeit miracles. 
he will have a counterfeit transformation. There will be a counterfeit resurrection. And he will try to implement a counterfeit millennial reign. Remember, he also will imitate cosmic phenomenon with threats coming out of the sky. You see, he will do everything he can to incite fear in the public's eyes to gain their trust so that they, in fact, will be willing to give up their rights and to receive his mark. The Bible tells us that God marks his people. He tells us in Revelation 22.4, I'd like to read this to you. Revelation 22.4, verse 18. <clears throat> Excuse me. Revelation 22.4, and they shall see his face and his name will be in their foreheads. Now, Satan will offer his mark, and the Bible tells us it will be in the forehead or in the right hand. So again, the counterfeit Christ, the Antichrist, the son of perdition, the lawless one, that's his name, will imitate Jesus Christ to a T. He will use his deceit, his technology, his occultic practices. He will desire worship. But God God tells us that he marks his people. You can also read about that in Ezekiel 9.4 and Revelation 7.3, Revelation 22.4 that I just told you. Satan has his mark, which involves the worship of his image and the number of his name. You can read about that in Revelation 13. In fact, let's do that right now. Revelation 13, 16 to 18. And he causes all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, free men and slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or in the forehead. And he provides that no one would be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him who has, un- who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. This number of a man, beloved, <clears throat> will be a man who is not demonically possessed. He will be satanically possessed. He will be given the power of the enemy to deceive the masses. Jesus warns us repeatedly, come out from among them and be separate. What is he saying? Come out from among what? Come out from among the mixture. Come out from among the false teaching, the new age practices, the grace plus works belief system. Come out from among the mixture that is everywhere. But Sister Terry, how will we know it's mixture? How will I identify these things? How, how am I going to know? How will I not be deceived? The Bible outlines it in the book of Romans tells us these things. The Bible tells us whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. 
And then Paul goes on to talk about even some of the branches being broken off. He was saying in Romans 11, 17 to 22, talks about wild olive branches being broken off, which is pointing to the Jews because many Jews at this point, the majority of them have not seen that their Messiah has already come and in fact is coming again. He said, don't be arrogant. Remember, it's not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. So Paul's trying to tell them uh, the basis of our faith rested in the Hebrew scriptures, beloved. And so Paul says then in Romans 11, some of the branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. He said, that's right. They were broken off for their unbelief, okay? So we need to be praying that God would open the eyes of the Jews, beloved. Be praying for people who cannot see that Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, is the Messiah. You see, they're looking for a political savior. They didn't understand there was one Messiah with two comings. He would come the first time as a suffering servant, but he'll return the second time as a conquering king. They're looking for the wrong person. They want a political solution. But you see, um, God tells us in that passage of scripture, if God didn't spare the natural branches, Neither will he spare you. He said, behold then the kindness and the severity of God. Those who fell, severity. But to you, because of God's kindness, if you continue in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. So we have to abide in the vine. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in we." And if my words abide in you, ask whatever you will. You see, the life from Jesus the branch flows into, um, he, he is divine. It flows, life flows into those who are attached to him. That's why Jesus said, abide in me, remain attached to me. He who endures to the end shall be saved. So in the meantime, as we're walking on this Romans road to salvation, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. He says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, boy, that's important. Let's go back and look at that. Don't be conformed to this world, right? So the world has an image. All right, television will produce an image and say, this is what you need to look like. This is what you need to own. This is what you need to have. This is what your appearance should be. That's the pressure to conform to the image of this world. God's word tells us, no, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. So as we stay in the word of God, as we read the word of God, and we ask him. And this is something I have to do because I I have to learn. I said, I have to know you better, Lord. I want to serve you more perfectly. I want to share your message of hope with the people because people need hope. And Romans 13 says, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Romans uh, 13, 10 to 11 says, Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Wow. So if we walk in love, the Bible tells us that is the fulfillment of the law. So what does that mean? That means what Jesus said. He says, take up your cross daily and 
follow me. So you see, if I have an opportunity to be not so nice, if I have an opportunity to compromise, if I have an opportunity to sin, if I have a comprom- you know, opportunity to say, I'm not doing it, I don't want to wait, I don't want to pay a price, you see, the cross, as I carry the cross, that means death to self, right? It means I have to deny myself. Beloved, where was Jesus crucified? Well, they placed the crown of thorns on his head, right? He was pricked in his forehead, right? His hands were nailed to the cross. His feet were nailed to the cross, and a spear went through his side, right? So if we look at the marks, the Apostle Paul talked about the marks that he bore in his own body. If we look at our hands, our hands speak of serving. It's what we do. It's how we serve. So if we realize, you know, that God says, I've even graven you on the palm of my hands. God's written everything about us. And Jesus today bears those marks in his hands, actually in his wrist, because the, the spikes went through his wrist. You see, so as we serve him and not ourselves, we're identifying with that, right? And our feet aren't so quick to to run down a wrong path. Our feet aren't so quick to try to go somewhere or do something that we know is displeasing to the Lord. And we can remind ourselves, you know what? I've been crucified with Christ because the Bible tells us when he died, I died with him. And beloved, not only that, When he was raised, we were raised with him. So that tells us that that old man died. Praise God. No more um, having to think I'm going to miss it. I'm going to fall short of the law. Let me just spare you some grief and say, yes, you will miss the mark. Yes, I do miss the mark. Yes, we all fall short of the glory of God. Yes, we're all born sinners. But yes, those who put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished sacrifice, Know that even as we watch, watch this emerging technology, this economic system, this uh, organized collapse that in fact will come and more pestilence being released. And yes, these are uh, uh, biological weapons that have been created and are being used against the people. You see, Satan, the God of this world, comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come, that you would have life and you would have it uh, abundantly. So, you see, Jesus has his bride, but we also know that Satan has his harlot church. Again, he's a great uh, imitator. He's a counterfeit. He's a liar. Jesus Christ is the image of the Father, and Satan demands that men will make an image to the beast. And you can read about that in Revelation 13, 14, and 15, and also Daniel 3. Beloved, there is a lot that I would like to have covered tonight, but time will not allow me to go there. So I am believing and trusting, if God is willing, we're going to talk about Next time we're together, we're going to talk more about other paths that lead to perdition and what they look like, what they teach, what is true and what is not. God will give grace. Please pray for me uh, that I would be able to to bring uh, part two of this because I'm really out of time. You see, even as God has given us a road to salvation, fallen man under the influence of Satan right now is offering a path to immortality 
in which man can become like God and know all things. We see this all the way back in the book of Genesis. In Genesis 3, when God told Adam and Eve, you will surely not die, uh, because they said, God told us we're not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, lest we die. And so the enemy was there lying right away. You will not surely die. And he lied to them. He says he knows the day that you eat from it, that you will know all things. And you will know what God knows, and you will become like God. So that's the same lie he's offering today. And those who are listening to the serpent's voice today will be willing to bow to the beast to gain this. All right? And so, again, the enemy will try to create life. And we know that through transhumanism, which we've talked about before, through bioengineering and genetic manipulation. We know that embryos are being grown from stem cells. We know that all things, all kinds of things are being created in labs. We see that through technology, through genetic manipulation, which is nothing new. We read about this in Genesis 6-4. When the fallen angels came down and had relations with human women and their offspring were giants. Beloved, the enemy's tactics have not changed. What we must remember and what we must know is that God's plan is absolutely precisely on target and on time. When we look at the depravity that we see now, And we say to ourselves and to each other, Lord, how long will you allow this to continue? The book of Revelation tells us that the blood of the martyrs is crying out from under the altar. How long, Lord God, before you avenge our blood? Creation itself is even groaning. Did you know that? The Bible tells us that. All of creation is groaning under the weight of wickedness. All of creation is groaning, waiting for God's sons to be made manifest. And that will happen when Jesus descends from the air and he will, God's people will be caught up and shall be changed in his, into his likeness. But before that day comes, beloved, we are seeing Satan's modes of attack. They're coming within, in other words, inward seduction, and they're coming without. The outward persecution will continue. It will increase, and God will allow. The Western civilization particularly uh, to suffer greater persecution. You see, persecution will make the distinction between those who truly belong to the Lord Jesus Christ And those who are going to bow to the image of the beast, who will accept a mark in their forehead or in their hand, who will accept an implant or will say, no, I will take this other way because I don't don't want God's way because it's too hard, because I may lose my life, because my friends and family will reject me. You see, we all have to make a choice, don't we? All of us have to stay on the path that leads to life. Jesus told us, he who endures to the end shall be saved. That means until the end of our life. 
that means that we need to be in God's work. So my question to you is tonight, are you hearing the sound of the shofar warning you, saying, take heed, saying, get ready, saying, war is coming, sorrow is coming, judgment is coming, wrath is coming. But when we find ourselves in the secret place of the Most High, we are hidden and protected from the wrath of God. We have this assurance. Are you listening tonight, beloved? Are you ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you are, you have to repent of your sin. If you are, you have to believe and confess, be baptized in water and ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. If you mean business with God, you must be born from above. You must accept his sacrifice, his finished work, his complete work, and and give your allegiance to Jesus, not your allegiance to your family, to your religious system that you were raised in, not an allegiance to um, a denomination. You must forgive others. Jesus is saying, I must be Lord of all or I am not Lord at all. Are you willing to receive him as Savior? Will you confess him? And are you willing to take up your cross and follow him, beloved, whatever that cost may be? Jesus said, if you don't carry your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. That means that my life is over. It means your life is over, beloved. But there is a glorious inheritance coming for those who put their faith in Christ and remain steadfast to the end. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you died in my place. I believe that your work on the cross was complete and I put my faith and my trust in you. I believe that God the Father raised you from the dead, that you are seated at the right hand of the Father. I believe you are coming again. And so I trust you today, Jesus. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and help me to love you and to follow you. And I thank you right now, Father, that I now have peace with you because I trust in the work of your Son. And now I thank you for your free gift of eternal life because I put my trust in Jesus Christ. And to that I say, God bless you all. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, Terry. That was a powerful message. God bless you as always. And um, and please do take just a moment to share with folks where they can go to meet up with you, get prayer requests, your website, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, they can you know seek 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 further you know um, uh, ministry from you. Amen, John. Uh, my email address is a word in due season 777 at gmail.com. My website address is a word in due season.com. And again, I welcome your prayer requests and uh, God bless you and thank you. 
Again, thank you so much. God bless you too, Terry, for uh, for for this powerful, powerful message that we were all very. I know, uh, you know, just because of the testimonies of people, are always looking forward to. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. God bless you. God bless you too, John. Right. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Amen. Um, thank you so much. Um, and tonight, again, is Sunday, September the 17th, uh, and we will be, Lord willing, uh, getting together again this Wednesday night uh, at 7 p.m. And um, uh, thank you for your prayers. I will be praying for you. That I can assure you. And um, and uh, I'm going to try to hold it together, <laughs> together while my company continues to dump uh, you know, quarry trucks worth of work on top of me and try to keep it going. So anyway, thank you all for your prayers. I will be praying for you. You can believe it. And, um, and, uh, we're all in this together. So let's just go ahead and work it through and we will make it. We will overcome. We, so we shall persevere as the church built Philadelphia and the days are going so short. Uh, now we really understand better than ever before what Jesus meant when he said, if I had not cut those days short, there would be no flesh saved. Well, we can see that in action right now across the world. And it's pretty, you know, it's disturbing to the people that don't understand uh, that we're not from here. We're not staying here. We're sojourners. And we are looking forward to being before Jesus and being like him, which is outside of these bodies and transformed. Praise his name. And uh, thank you all for joining us tonight. Thank you, Terry, again, uh, for everything that you do for the Lord. Praise God. And uh, we will see you Wednesday night. Again, Lord willing. And pray. Pray now like you've never prayed before because now's the time. Hallelujah. God bless you all.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. <laughs> 